Scripture reading tonight comes from Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. It is likely a lesson that you have rarely heard, but it's one that's truly needed by everyone. Every child of God needs an inner circle. Every child of God needs an inner circle. And I can prove it practically. If Jesus, the Son of God, chose 12 men in particular, and three of those 12, especially Peter, James, and John, to be especially close to, a person is in a really dangerous position that doesn't have an inner circle. We can become isolated. And a person living in isolation is easy picking for the devil. Isn't that true? It gives the devil all kinds of opportunities to get into our life. Ephesians 4.27 But an inner circle of close friends that can help us spiritually, they can help us during those times. The Lord had an inner circle. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, Verses 9 through 12, Woe is the man who falls and has no one to lift him up. If you've ever been in that situation, physically or otherwise, you know how devastating it is. Woe to the one who falls and has no one to lift him up. A cord of three strands is not easily broken Having an inner circle of a number of people can be a real blessing when we feel like we're at our breaking point. Now, last Sunday evening, we looked at the special need for an inner circle. And I went through various accounts where Peter, James, and John were present with Jesus And how he shows them that he really is the way and the truth and the life. The one upon whom they can depend. But tonight I want to get even more practical with this study. Insights from the inner circle. And I want to do this secondly. I'd like to offer you some humble suggestions for the type of people to have in your inner circle at some time in your life. Now I realize we're dealing with men and women and people who've been Christians for a long time or a short time. But what I'm talking about in these humble suggestions for people to include in your inner circle, I'll guarantee you at some point all eight suggestions I will give you probably have needed or will need. Does that whet your appetite and get your attention? And I suspect as I go through all eight of these examples, you may think of someone in your life who has been this type of individual to you spiritually. 
First of all, everyone needs a friend like Abraham. Everyone needs a friend like Abraham. And by that I mean a person who has walked long and well in faith with God. They've made their mistakes, but they have seen a lot of life. Abraham is called the friend of God three times in Scripture. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 7, Isaiah 41 and verse 8, and James chapter 2 and verse 23. And anybody that has that as what they're known by, their moniker, Abraham, the friend of God, I'll guarantee you at some point in life you want a friend like Abraham because he's walked with the Lord a long time and seen a lot in life, good and bad, made some mistakes, and yet they have trusted the Lord and been greatly blessed. My Abraham was a man by the name of Dean Shoemate who was an elder in the Lord's church for close to 50 years. He and his wife sort of adopted Cherie and me when we were quite young and allowed us to become part of their family. They raised three boys and more grandkids almost than these folks over here, the Mayfields. Good people. My Abraham passed away at the end of last year. But as I look about... This assembly, I see a number of Abraham types. When I think of Eldon Reams, I think of an Abraham type. When I think of Curtis McLean, I think of an Abraham type. And for you ladies, when I think of Sister Bernice Bauer, I think of a Sarah type. All of them are 90 and none of our business. But they've all been people of faith and have seen a lot of life, haven't they? I think every Christian needs an Abraham at some point. Secondly, every Christian, every Christian needs a Nathan. A Nathan. In 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, we read about Nathan, and he is the one who gets the unenviable task of going to David after David's committed adultery and murder. He has to go to David and say that what you've done has greatly displeased the Lord, and if it were anybody else, you'd be a dead man. He has to tell him about his sin. If you're like me... There's a lot of people that will stand up in line to tell me that I've blown it. But everybody needs a Nathan who knows how to tell you that you have messed up. And they do it in such a way that you cry out, Have mercy on me, O God. Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2. Maybe you know somebody that's willing to tell you very quickly how, how you've blown it, how you've messed up, how you've sinned. 
but they lack an ability to do so in a way that melts your hard heart and makes you want to go to God and make things right. Everybody at some point in their life needs a Nathan who will tell us what we really need to hear in a way that we really need to have heard it. So that we might find mercy and forgiveness at the throne of God. I think every person needs this third individual at some point in their life. You need a friend like Jonathan. A friend like Jonathan. The Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 18, especially verses 1 through 7, speaks of the relationship that David and Jonathan had. And it says that their souls were knit together. Brother Jack, that is just a beautiful expression. Someone that is so close to... It's, it says Jonathan loved David as he loved his own soul. You talk about there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs 18, 24, and a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity, Proverbs 17, 17. Jonathan was all of this and more to David. Now think about who Jonathan's daddy was. Saul. If anyone should have rejoiced in the type of person David was, it should have been Saul. If anyone should have rejoiced in the type of person his son was, Jonathan, it should have been Saul. But envy and jealousy can get in the way. And Jonathan... And David, their souls were knit together and Jonathan loved David like he loved his own soul. I think we all need someone like that in our lives. Amen. That kind of relationship with somebody in the Lord will make us a better servant of God. Number four. Consider this example. We all need a friend like Nehemiah. A person of prayer and a person of vision. And what a rare combination that is in Christianity. Think about what Nehemiah was able to get accomplished in the Old Testament because he prayed to a great God and because he determined to bring people together to do God's will. Every person needs a Nehemiah to inspire them to dream and to pray in a bigger, grander way than we might normally think and pray. You see, what Nehemiah does in 13 chapters in the Old Testament book that bears that name is it not only talks about the prayerfulness of the servant of God, 
but it speaks about how he brought people together to do the work of God and then how he helped to restore a relationship with God from his people. Nehemiah types are always in very short supply. I would encourage you, and I know that at some point in life, think about this, and I mentioned it in passing last Sunday. Almost three-quarters of all gospel preachers have no inner circle to turn to. I would suspect the percentage is at least that for those who are shepherds. Therefore, when you find a preacher or a shepherd wanting to rely on you, humbly help them. Because they are typically the ones who are there for you when you're hurting and need encouragement. And I suspect sometimes there's a sense of loneliness that just accompanies being a preacher or being a shepherd. Try to understand that and be there. Next. This is number five. Every person needs a friend like Barnabas, an encourager. If he were alive today, we'd call him Brother Barney because Brother Barney's name means son of encouragement. He is great at doing what his name is all about. He is a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, Acts 11, 23 through 26. He is such a good person that when he does make a mistake, there is apostolic surprise or shock. Even Barnabas was carried away with the prejudice that went on in Galatians chapter 2. I suspect that if you've lived as a Christian very long, there's been someone who has been your Barnabas when you really needed encouragement. It's as if they were giving you an encouragement transfusion just by being around them. Thank God for friends like that. And if you are that type of person by nature, I suspect you will find yourself in the inner circle of a lot of Christians because encouragement is always in short supply. I wish that old song was really true in the church. Home, home on the range, where seldom is heard a discouraging word. That's why Barnabas types are needed. Men and women need them. Christians of every age and maturity level need such a person. Here's another one. This number six, for those that are following along, believe that it is. We all need someone as a friend who is mighty in the scriptures and eloquent. 
like Apollos. Apollos. We read about him in Acts 18, verses 24 through 28. And oh, how I would have loved to have been around him and heard him. But I have had the Apollos types in my life. I recall listening to preachers like Wendell Winkler and George Bailey preach. Mighty in the scriptures and eloquent. As they brought out great truths from God's word. And I think about the relationship I was able to have with them and able to have with the God that they served. We all need people who are mighty in the scriptures and who have a way of bringing its truth out. That opens my eyes, Brother Lynn. It just helps me to see. We all need somebody like that. In our lives. Number seven. Every person needs a friend like Timothy. Every person needs a friend like Timothy. A person who is younger. An individual in whom we are willing to invest ourselves... We have no one like-minded. Paul would say of Timothy, I have no man like-minded who's able to minister to your state. You talk about everyone that I am around, of everyone that's in my circle, Timothy, there's no one quite like him who will serve. And he minds the things of God. Wherever you are in your walk, be looking for a younger person in whom to invest yourself. Paul had his Timothy, Elijah had his Elisha, and people who have these inner circle types that I am suggesting... Bless the generation next and the one thereafter, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, by passing on the baton of faith. Number eight. This is a humble suggestion, and this person is even rarer than Nehemiah in my judgment. Every person needs a friend like Paul, like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul's name in my life, my inner circle, was Johnny Ramsey. He was one part Jeremiah as a preacher, one part John the Baptist as a preacher, and one part machine gun. He was firing scriptures away. Johnny had a way of making very simple what seemed so complex. And he was Paul in that he was my encourager. He was my Nathan who would tell me when I did wrong. He was a visionary and prayer person in my life. 
and all of the things we've been talking about, but Paul types in the church are really rare. You hear me, Troy? You may meet one or two in a lifetime, but when you do, immediately thank God for the blessing. Now, all of the individuals I have named would simply say, follow me as I follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. The things which you both learned, received, heard, saw, and me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4 and verse 9. But now, here's what I want to do as we move on from the types. Let me ask you this before I do. Can you think of individuals in your life that have been one or more of this type, a person in your own life? I hope you do. But now here are some insights about having an inner circle. Let me share with you four or five briefly. Number one... Before Jesus appointed the twelve, he spent the whole night in prayer. Luke 6 and verse 12. Luke 6 verse 12. And the night before Jesus would go to the cross, the very next day, he spent a huge portion of that time praying for the twelve. John 17. It's one thing to say, man, I sure would like to have an inner circle of people that encouraged me and helped me get more into the Word, and I sure would like to have a Paul type. It's another thing to pray about that matter and to do so consistently knowing that God will answer you in time. What I found is that God rarely gave me all of these individuals at once he gave them to me when I really needed them the most. Pray about this matter. Number two. Remember that God uses flawed people to help flawed people. There's always a tendency with an inner circle to put somebody up and, and, on an altar or a throne. God uses flawed people to help flawed people because that's the only kind of people that there are with one notable exception, Jesus. So we better be careful that we not make a God out of the people of our inner circle or we'll be sadly disappointed. They're not qualified. But if you start to think, I really don't need somebody that's that's flawed to help me in my flaws, stop and think about this. The Lord uses a flawed man every week to help flawed people through the proclamation of the gospel. Isn't that the truth? The, 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 the leadership, good men, but flawed, imperfect men are utilized by the Lord every Every week. 
daily to help flawed people. Flawed people help flawed people. That brings me to a third observation about inner circles. Beware of relying too much on your inner circle. But also beware of relying too little on them. Hope that makes sense, Brother Bill. Beware of relying too much on your inner circle because they're not the Lord. They're not omniscient. They're not perfect. Though they may certainly help us in our walk with the Lord. Beware also of relying on them too little. You know that you may have relied too much on a person who was part of your inner circle when they die and you just can't go on anymore. Is that fair enough? When they pass from this life and you just don't think you can survive, they would want you to know we not only want you to survive, but we believe you can thrive in Jesus. Beware, though, of relying on these people too little. There have been occasions when I've had people in my inner circle say, Mike, why didn't you come to me sooner? And I guess it was because I was stubborn or proud or hard-hearted, Steve. But I could have avoided an awful lot of grief had I gone to them and allowed them to give me good help from God's Word. Next. Love every soul as a Christian. And every person has one. Love every soul as a Christian, but especially be there for the people who are in your inner circle. A number of years ago, my stepdad passed away. And Lynn, one of the shepherds here, came up and said, Mike, I want you to take this, and, and it was money. And he said, I don't want you to talk or say anything about it. You take it, and with your family, you go. That meant a lot to me. I appreciate that. When I walked into that funeral in North West, northeast rather, Mississippi, a brother in Christ who preaches in the Dallas area had hopped a flight, gone southwest from Love Field to Birmingham, Alabama, and then driven two hours to be present at my stepfather's funeral. Ryder, you reckon I'm going to forget that anytime soon when I walked in and I saw my brother? He'd gone out of his way to be there for me. Now, here's something that all of us need to keep in mind. 
the Lord was always there for his inner circle. Even when they weren't there for him. I want to be more like that. Even though I realize I can't be everywhere. But think about it. When Peter denies the Lord, there's Jesus looking at him. And it's a look of love and compassion. Of disappointment. When James and John say we're able to drink the cup and go through the things that you're going through the Lord. The Lord just says you're going to drink the cup. And James is beheaded in Acts chapter 12. And in Revelation, John is exiled to an island called Patmos. But the Lord was still with his inner circle every step of the way. Number five. I would encourage you to pray for those in your inner circle often. Because eventually... Those who are part of a Christian's inner circle can all be around the circle of the throne of God. Where the circle will never be broken. Isn't that amazing? That people who helped us in this journey, faithful to the Lord they were, that may have preceded us in death, we can all gather around the throne of God and that circle will never be broken. That's a pretty compelling case for you and me having an inner circle. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Maybe there's a brother or sister here that says something like this. I have been isolated and I feel alone and I need people in my life who will become my inner circle to help encourage me in the way of the Lord. We would love to pray for you and with you and take your desire to the Father's throne. Jesus went to the cross for us. And if one is not a Christian, how can one reject such mercy and grace and love? It's time to come to Jesus. Because when you have him in your life, you have the beginnings of real life. And all you really need spiritually is in him. Won't you come as we stand and sing?